America. My name is I'm Yosef Frimpong. I come to you live every Thursday at two o'clock. I have a different show. Today's Wednesday and it's not two o'clock. So I have a different show planned for tomorrow. But the show for today is um, going to be on the Buffalo shooting, Tucker Carlson and what they get right and what they get wrong. Show for tomorrow, something different I had planned before. All those people got uh, shot in Buffalo. But let's get to work. Let's get right to it. So people are talking right now about the great replacement theory. That's the idea that the Democrats like immigration because um, that way they don't have to do politics. They'll just naturally um, or organically, but if immigration is politically controlled, they will politically control uh, the political content of the electorate so that they don't have to actually worry about contested elections. Because the idea is that immigrants come here, they won't respect the American way of life. And if you don't respect the American way of life, you'll vote Democrat. And that solves that problem for the Democrats and the Republicans are screwed because they want to stand up for the way of life. But uh, they'll lose through um, being outvoted by recent immigrants. Right. So that first sounds, I mean, so that's wrong. In a few ways. The most important way it's wrong is that that's not how institutions work, right? American institutions make Americans, right? So you participate in enough American institutions, you conform to the dominant ideology of America. That's what we're really good at. We'll make you an Americano in three years, for better or for worse. Um, I, I know many, a recent immigrant who is lamenting because their grandkid is a suburban white kid, like in, in all of the most banal ways, right? So American institutions make Americans. So it's not, it's not necessarily the case. And we'll see this right now because I think Latinos are going to go over to the GOP. I think a lot of people are going to go over to the GOP for a variety of reasons. And that is that is um, that something we have to address. One thing they will all have in common is that they will be casual about securing justice for black communities and black Americans and black descendants of slaves. Because that's one thing that binds all Americans together is that we have to be casual about what uh, making the Negro whole. That is what makes Americans Americans. That's, 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 that's bigger than baseball. It's bigger than apple pie. It's just a casualness about black degradation. That's, uh, that's, and like, you know, it's so rampant that you have to feel something, but not enough to actually like change any of your habits or like take a hit in your property values or send your kid to a, a desegregated school or something like that. Um, so what makes Americans Americans is that you have to not actually support community-wide like empowerment of black people. As long as you're cool with running the internal colony, which is um, black degradation in the United States, then you can be, you can, you can, you can be, you can be an American. You start jeopardizing that, then you jeopardize your American status. Right? So, um, so that is that's the kind of the cultural Americanness. That's actually the cultural whiteness. I like marker too. You can like. It, Whiteness expands and contracts relative to your community's willingness to treat black people like trash. Right? If you're willing to do that, then you're white. Um, so, 
that's 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 one aspect of the argument that I wanted to get out. So you know, handle that. The other aspect is the idea that this is a Republican idea. I've heard for a long time that well, actually since the first person said that, like, well, you know, racism will go away in two generations once everyone is no one's white no one's black and everyone's just kind of caramel and mocha and will be a beautiful america and there'll be no racism there that's pretty much white replacement <laughs> theory that's saying that we're going to actually like we're getting rid of white people we're making every and we're, and we're going to do it not through political means we're going to do it through like nature and um that will solve like white nationalism and that will deal with white nationalism. I mean, there's some people who actually like white nationalism. Some people, there's some non-white people who like white nationalism because they think it's orderly. And if you come from a failed state or a really disorderly state, you're like, well, I'll take the orderly white nationalism as opposed to the disorderly um, uh, failed state or even disorderly democracy. And orderly white nationalism will allow you to, you know, succeed according to their rules. It won't let you change the rules. And if you succeed too much, they might change the rules because they might resent it. That happened to the Jews in the early 20th century when they started getting into medical school too much. And so white people changed what, how many Jews can get into medical school. And that happened, that's happening right now to the Asians in California because, you know, we liked the SAT when the SAT was about getting rid of Latinos and black people. But then Asians started, uh, recent Asians started scoring very well in the SAT. So now there was a push to get rid of the SAT. Magic, right? So as long as you don't do too well at the rules that they um, establish, they won't change the rules and you can get your McMansion in your suburb and treat black people like trash, just like a good American should because that is the American way. So, we talked about how, um, you know, institutions make Americans not necessarily skin color. Institutions actually make white people white. So when you talk about, yeah, and so the, the last thing I wanna talk about is there's been a very, you know, moderately nuanced take about why um actually no let me finish let me let me finish the demographics is destiny problem right so the that this idea that demographics is destiny means that the democratic party doesn't actually have to do politics and this idea that democrat uh, demographics is destiny means that through a non-political means an entire way of life that's supported by what uh, by like white republican politics is going to go the way of the dodo bird Right. And that's a lot like that is um, another interpretation of the Great Replacement Theory. Right. So it's kind of like the movie Rashomon. If you don't know, the movie Rashomon's famous because there was a murder and then you get um, like seven different uh, seven different witnesses about what happened the night of the murder. And everyone like, kind of feels different and has a different mood. Right. So one of the mood of immigration as politics is like demogra uh, demographics is destiny. Yay. Another mood of immigration policy as politics is um, the, it's a great replacement. They're trying to non-politically get rid of our way of life. And let's be honest, if you have a non-political strategy to get rid of someone's way of life, the only way they're going to come at that is going to be with a gun. Right. So. People say that, um, you know, this great replacement theory is new, but then other people who've actually been around white people for a while know that it's been around for a long time. There's always been some variety of like, 
great replacement theory or demographics is destiny or these new people are going to take ours. And I think Tucker Carlson, people understand, Tucker Carlson didn't make this up. He did it because his people go through the internet and figure out what's catching fire and then he works that into his shtick, right? He does it for the clicks. He's not the originator. He is one organ of uh, mutually reinforcing institutions. Now, what are some of the other mutually reinforcing institutions? Well, it's, 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 it's the church and the family, right? So these people get the great replacement theory of demographics is destiny or the entitlements that whiteness is supposed to confer from their family. Right? If your family teaches you that you can be kind of casual about making black people whole, then like you're functionally a racist because <laughs> you're not serious about dealing with America's problems. Your family is, is, is giving you a version of America's because make no mistake, since America made slaves and, like, and made the racial hierarchy, it's an American problem about how to make like the now 40 million black people in the United States whole. It's an American problem. It's not a black problem. It's an American problem. One of the cunning aspects of American politics is, and Mr. Baradwan talks about this in The Color of Money, uh, is that it made an American problem a black problem. But it was always an American problem. And when you make an American problem a black problem, you end up giving the rest of America a holiday from the American problem. Right? So black people take an extra tax by dealing with this American problem. And, you know, the area whites in the suburbs now get a holiday from the American problem, the great American problem. And you know what you can do when you have, um, you know, extra fertile soil and you don't have to spend all of your resources uh, dealing with all of the burdens? You could actually grow at a faster rate and like accumulate more property and assets. And, and you just keep like, we are in, we are the landfill. And you just dump your trash in the landfill and then you can live your nice non-trash life because you dumped all your trash in the landfill. You, you, you dumped your American problem over there. And like we just, are, now we have three helpings of the American problem while also being as the boys, uh, WB Du Bois noticed, the problem, right? So like we, <laughs> like we three helpings of the American problem. We get black people have the helping of the American problem as Americans. Black people have the helping of the American problems as blacks. And then black people have the um, helping of the American problem uh, as like the extra that white people gave us their share of the American problem. So we have three helpings of the American problems where white people have none. And that is the problem. And they want to keep none. Because it's easier to like, you know, live your life if you have none of the American problem. So like their problem is how do we keep our disproportionate, like nil share of the American problem? And so like they spend a lot of energy trying to make sure that uh, what, how to make black people whole in America stays a black problem and it stays conceived as a black problem and not a white problem. And so that's a, no small number of like, no small amount of energy goes at this problem. And I really do want, and I also want to talk about one aspect uh, of, I'd say no small amount of energy on the, the white side goes at how to make sure that people don't confuse, uh, don't get unconfused from the idea that the situation of black Americans is um, a black problem and not an American problem because that's a confusion. Once people actually do a little bit of digging, they find out it's an American problem. That means all of America is implicated.
even Idaho and Oregon. And as soon as you, as soon as you touch down in America, <clears throat> you take ownership of the American problem. That's what it is to be an American. You know, land of the free. That means you take on American debts and American burdens and America's responsibilities just like you pay America's taxes. Welcome to America. How are you going to make black people whole? That should be on the citizen test. So how, what's your plan to make black people whole? Um, that should be on, that should be on like before you get your green card and, or, or passport, you should be able to answer that question. Right? So, so right now, um, hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me get this right. So right now, we hear a lot of people talking about how there was a police failure in Buffalo, how this guy was on a watch list, how it was a mental illness, it was a mental illness uh, problem. And that's why it happened, because this guy was mentally ill. You read this guy's uh, manifesto, he is not mentally ill. He's just writing down his thoughts, putting arguments together, as well as any student I teach about anything else. So he's actually a cogent thinker. And he's like, well, given this, given this, given this, my identity is at stake. And that's true. Let's be honest. If your white way of life is tied to a racial hierarchy and I come to power, like I'm going to do everything in my power to destroy your way of life. So if that's your identity, then like, whew, that's going to go. That's my political project to make sure, like, just like John Brown's political project was to make sure there was no slavery in the United States. And for planters who got very upset at him for that uh, like that like they, they were right like, like my project is to make sure that black people are whole and if your life depends on a racial hierarchy then be as you being one part of the nation that rules over the internal colony which is the black part of the nation then then that life's got to go it's going to go it's going to go i'm going to try to stamp it out and so some people talk about how it's a government failure that Buffalo happened. Some people talk about how it is a, a gun failure. Like we need more gun laws. We need more police. We, he, he, it's a mental health failure. And none of that's true. None of that's true. Right. So we don't like, we don't, gun laws aren't going to, the problem isn't the guns. The problem is the people who want guns want guns because they want to protect whiteness, <laughs> right? So let's say this guy doesn't pick up a gun and shoot people and he becomes instead a hiring manager or a cop. Well, that's still picking up a gun. Yeah. Uh, let's say, um, uh, yeah, he becomes a hiring manager or a teacher or a pastor or a anything else that's still bad for black people. Like this guy functioning in society is bad for black people. So we need to change how he functions in society because he functions in society as an active racist. Like a lot of good people function in society. He functions in society, not active racist, an active white nationalist, <laughs> right? An active white nationalist. And let me, and you know, creating panics around this is confused for a lot of reasons because you can run a nation with less than 50% of the population, even a democracy. If you have antecedent property rights and full cultural apparatus, like the only part of the culture 
that white people don't under don't own, like don't run is like this show, which is why actually you should go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in uh, five. 15 or 50 dollars because this is what you don't hear on the other news and i'll keep you know doing what i do just because i think it's important that i do what i do but you should support me doing what i'm doing and you should send this video out to everyone else and they should support me doing what i'm doing because what i'm doing is very important and i'm putting out the quality of arguments that you don't get everywhere else right so um you can run a nation with less than 50% of the population. I mean, South Africa does it with like, you know, 15, right? So you can run a nation if you have antecedent property rights and full cultural control of all the apparatus. If you own everything. And black people, we don't own anything. You know, we, like we don't, like you, I think we have like one and a half percent of the commercial property. How can you run, how can you be a full member of a capitalist society if you don't own any commercial property? We don't own commercial property. Right. So, um, so yeah, we, we are the dependent variable in America and that is a problem. So that's why I say, if you want to change black life, you have to actually go at the institutions that kind of secure white nationalism. And what are the institutions that secure white nationalism? I heard a lot about the media. I heard a lot about the, um, the police. I hear a lot about you know, uh, some about this, some brave people say like, well, actually we got to do about schools, but I'm telling you, if you really want to, if you really want to go at white nationalism, you got to go at the white family. Cause that's where all of this generates the white family incubates, generates, and then like metastasizes. And so everything in society is run by the norms governed by the white family, except and, you know, Dreamer Moon's got a really good piece about this because she talks about how the, you know, the white family is like the origin and seed of whiteness that then like is, goes out. And then the black family ends up being like the, the kind of safe space. <laughs> um, uh, the only place that black people are kind of uh, free from like and can give, be emancipated from like having to play along with whiteness. Right. So I thought that was kind of an interesting argument. I think it's true. But you have to change the white family because if the white family is telling white kids that they can be casual about uh, anti-black racial justice and then they can be an American yet be casual about anti-black racial justice and then and that and the white family tells white kids that they deserve everything that they have because they work hard and blah, blah, blah. And then the white kids see like the de degradation of black people, like they'll put the they'll connect the dots and say like, well, black people just kind of deserve to be degraded. They deserve to be, they deserve their station. And then when black people start fighting to be made whole, they'll say like, no, you want injustice. You deserve your station. You should have worked harder like I did. Right? So like the white family teaches white kids that. So as long as you are teaching your kid that black people deserve what they get and are not like, an American problem that America needs to solve, then you are functionally a white nationalist, right? There's no, there's no like staying still on a moving train. You can't be neutral in that. So as long as you're teaching kid, your kids that like you can be a good American and just be casual about the standing debt America owes to black communities, then you are a white nationalist. So yeah, we got to go out the white family. What part of the white family? The part of the white family that tells white families 
that tells white kids that they don't have to deal with, as an identity of being an American, they don't have to deal with um, uh, the standing injustices like that are like rampant throughout the black community, right? That is a part of it. That's like telling your kids that they shouldn't have to pay taxes. If we had, if we had a, if we had a, a culture of white, of culture of people who didn't have to pay tax, who didn't think they had to pay taxes and didn't pay taxes, then, and their parents told them that you don't have to pay taxes, then the problem is the entitlement of that parent to tell the kid that they don't have to pay taxes. Right? That's the problem. Right? And then that parent's also going to lobby against teachers telling that kid that, like, actually, to be a good American, you should pay your taxes. Right? <laughs> like, and then that parent is going to say, like, no, you're infringing on my right as a parent to tell my kid not to pay taxes. You would say, like, actually, no, you have rights as a parent, but, like, I have a duty to tell your kid to pay taxes and you need to understand if you're raising an American that you have a responsibility to tell your kid to pay their fair share of taxes. That's the same thing with race, right? If you have white parents who are telling their kids they don't have to worry about race, they can be good Americans without worrying about race and making black people whole. They can ignore the, the standing degradation and the debt owed to black people. Then you are screwing up like your job as a parent. And if you're even overreaching and using your um, office as a parent to tell schools that schools shouldn't teach American kids about American debt that America owes to black people and why America owes this debt to black people and how America caused this harm and assaulted black people then you are using your idea of what it is to be a parent in a way that functionally supports, uh, supports racism. And the same thing with religion, right? So if you have a Christian identity that's not tied to making black people whole, then like as a function of your Christianity, then it's functionally, it's, if you think that God, you know, everything just kind of works out the way it should because these are, it's God's will and that's what your church uh, teaches you and that, you know, you just pray and you work hard and you get what you get because this is what God will. That's just a, uh, that's a white supremacist church because it's telling you to ignore, it's, it's telling you that black degradation is some sort of will of God and also your relative power is some sort of will of God and anybody who gets rid of that, any secular power that tries to upend that is actually up, trying to upend the will of God. All right, so and that's no small number of white churches. Right, so you have to actually uh, go at the cultural commitments of the white church and the white family that reproduces the ideology that they can be good Christians and good family members and be casual about state-sponsored black um, degradation. Right, and you know the alternative to this is John Brown, and we talked about John Brown in another video about how we need to create John Brown whites because John Brown was 100% Christian, 100% American, 100% white, 100% a man, and he rooted all of these identities, and 100% a family man, he rooted all of these identities into the eradication of slavery, as an un-American, un-Christian, unmanly, un, um, un, you know inappropriate use of property, like all of the things, 
Um, he rooted like all of these identities that are now rooted in a way that supports our racial hierarchy, brown rooted organically in a way that actually undermines it. So that's why that's I mean that's one of the big threats of John Brown. And we need to actually like do this work. So if you're not talking about white churches and white families and you're and you're talking about Buffalo, you're not really talking about Buffalo. His mom bought him a gun for Christmas. Right? So if it, if you're talking so this isn't even a gun thing. I I if you gave me if I had a choice between going like a cultural intervention on gun control or cultural intervention on the white family for the purposes of racial justice, it would be the white family. Because that's where racial injustice is reproduced. They teach white kids that black people deserve to be degraded, their degraded like situation. Like it's just normalized that like, this is just how it is. This is just American way. This is the American way. And any challenge to that is a challenge to legacy America, which pretty much means not just the people, but the institutions, all of those institutions, which were casual about black degradation and all of those institutions that needed to be massively reformed if they were going to stop being casual about degradation, uh, black degradation, right? So that's what's at stake here. And if you're not doing that work, if you're not going after like theology and turning this theology into liberation theology, if you're not going after uh, families and actually like working out a focus on the family that supports both gender equality and and the, the 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 quality of state supports that um uh the the quality of state supports that allow like free real families and i wrote a piece on that that i you know you could you could find if you just put in ime family and the, the nuclear family then you're not really doing the work by the way, if you think I'm doing the work, once again, go to www.funkyacademic.com, kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month, and I'll keep doing the work. But you have to understand that this is that is the fight, right? The cultural institutions, because this man was not crazy. This is not a police failure. This is not an FBI failure. I don't want the FBI tracking down everyone who says something like. Um, this isn't, this isn't COVID. This isn't the internet. This is mommy and daddy not doing their job as Americans to retrain and raise anti-racist Americans. Right? Now you could, you could confuse, now I would be, I will, I will eat all of the crow publicly. I might even eat, I don't say a live crow, but I might, I might eat a bird on, on, on air. If you can give me some sort of evidence that this man's parents were pro-critical race theory, um, were like, uh, like actively pro-critical race theory in schools um, prior to, you know, their son shooting a bunch of black people before they were black, because they were black. If you can give me some kind of like evidence of that, I will eat a chicken on, eat chicken on air because they weren't. The parents were racist. You'll never get them to admit it now, but I bet you a private eye or someone will find um, one of the two engineer parents saying the national word somewhere. Um, uh, <laughs> like, in, in uh, you know, I could get that. I, I, it's impossible. If you tell me that their parents never said the national word, I would be shocked. That, that, that Gendron's parents never said the national word, I would be shocked. Um, uh, I would be shocked. And I, I just suspect that what this man learned, what 
how this learn in his manifesto he says like it's time for american men white men to be men again where he learned what it means to be a man man it's not obvious that it came from another man it could come from his mother a lot of guys become the guys they are because it's the guys women expect them to be the women in their life expect them to be. So what does it mean to be a man? Well, we need to change that content because this guy thought what it meant to be a man is to drive all the way from Conklin to Buffalo to, uh, to shoot black people for being black, right? So, by the way, if you think that, if you think that, and so, so where was he right? He was right, this is invasive. I want to change America. Like this is, an, if you consider this an invasion, yes, I want to change your way of life. I want to change how you do your family. I want to change how you do your church. I want to change how you do your school. I want to change how you think about people on the job. Because all of the ways you do those things are inconsistent, mutually exclusive with black self-determination. And even if you don't think so, a lot of people don't know they're racist until black people get a little bit of power. And like at the community level, like real powers and tell you what to do as, as an equal. And they don't treat you like you are. You just, they just kind of treat you like, a regular person and they call you on your BS. And then you realize you missed white privilege. <laughs> you liked it better when we were submissive. The only reason I'm actually, um, uh, you don't hear more people like me is that I'm, is that like a lot of people think like I do, but their check is tied to white comfort or their lifestyle is tied to white comfort or they're just scared of dying in a way that I'm not. I mean, Kevin Samuels only made it to 56, right? So, you know, black people, we don't last very long anyway. So I'll eat my spinach and, and speak my truth. And however I get taken out, I get taken out. So what else do you need to know about how this works? Right. Oh, some people say like black people, we just need to get guns. No, we don't want, a sh this isn't the kind of battle you win with a shooting war. Not only would we not win, um, it's arguably we would win. It would always be retaliation because we're not going to shoot first, right? So like this isn't a kind of shooting war and like you're just, you're welcoming a genocide. Like this race war is not going to be left of the shooting war. It'll be, um, it'll be won through culture. It'll be won through culture. And, a, and part of that culture is not being scared of the white people who will pop off because they did another um another video on how we kind of live and poke don't poke the bear racism and don't poke the where don't poke the bear racism is that like well you know everybody knows white people are violent and crazy but if you treat them really nice they'll keep it orderly so just don't poke the bear and you can live a nice american life and i feel like that's not really consistent with freedom so i'm not really a big don't poke the bear racism fan i think black people part of what it is to be free is to poke the poke the bear it's like you need to be able to poke when you want to poke and you got to be take being poked when you are poked that's what it is what it is to be in a democracy we have to be vulnerable to each other and um and until black people can actually talk about white people the way white people need to be talked about and act then we're not free right and that's the america i want right so white nationalism is about protecting don't poke the bear racism and I, the only way you get that is by poking the bear. You know, this isn't one by shooting your way out. It's one by public displays of poking the bear. Because part of what it is to be white right now is to, is to say that like, no, we're not a violent culture. We're not a violent family culture, right? We're not a violent church. 
but then that becomes hard as they are more and more violent <laughs> and praise violence, right? So, um, yeah, right. So I think uh, this is this is how we need to think of the situation. We need to go on the offensive because there is no black self-determination without changing the white family and the white church. That's like Ukrainians thinking that like, we can have Ukrainian self-determination. We just don't have to think about Russia. No, part of what it is to be free Ukraine is to like have to like, is to not have a predatory Russia next door, right? So if they, and they're not gonna shoot their way out of the war either, right? They have a, their, their problem is the fact that a lot of Russians think that Ukraine is part of Russia. So until, until Ukraine's, a lot of Russian, until Ukrainians don't, until Russians don't think that Ukraine is part of Russia, they're going to have a problem. They're, they're going to have a problem. And that's not a problem they're going to shoot their way out of. And a lot of Americans think, a lot of white Americans think that white America is theirs and to deal with everybody else as a discretion and provisional uh, citizen. Provisional means that like, if you make us upset, we'll just take your, you'll, we'll, we'll take your citizenry away. Like that's what it is to be a lot of white Americans. And so we can't shoot our way out of that. We just have to like actually do the cultural assault, which will let it be known that we are Americans too. And you will respect us as such, right? And this is why you should respect us as such. And this is why you're a little bit confused about our current situation about and about your current pathology, right? Um. And so, uh, you know, making these arguments and making them bold and making them unapologetic and out loud about the degradation and the fetid, cancerous white family that reproduces all sorts of functional racists who are functional racists insofar as they think that they could see the objective degradation of black of uh, communities and see that as not their problem when it's an American problem and yet see themselves as an American. If you see yourself as an American and you don't see the degradation of black communities as an American problem, not because the black communities are degraded, but because the black communities are degraded because of American policy, state-sponsored gun-backed policy, then that's fine. And by the way, the, the, for all of then, then then you don't know what it is to be an American. Right? And your family didn't teach you what it is to be an American. Your school didn't teach you what it is to be an American. And, what, and your church didn't teach you what it is to be an American. They also didn't teach you what it is to be a Christian and, and all of that stuff. So um, that's what's at stake. And once again, for the shooting war people, for the people who think we can shoot our way out, I did remember an interview I read about the Tulsa um, riots when you know Black Tulsa was doing fine, the Greenwood neighborhood and Black Tulsa was doing fine, and the whites got jealous and they just came and routed it. And they, then a lot of those black people did have guns and they shot back. And you know what the white people did? They called in their buddies at the Air Force or the, <laughs> or the, uh, the reserves, and you know, the, they dropped bombs, right? So that's what. That's, that's what you're saying. Like you'll all get your, like every black person needs to get a 45. Yeah. And then they'll get a, a bigger machine gun, right? And then they'll get a rocket launcher and take out something more. No, that's not how you, uh, that's not how you win this war. You win the war. You win the war by actually fighting on the offensive, but you fight on the, the cultural offensive. Right. And so that's why I've said like the battle is your public schools, your, um, your media outlets, 
your just and understanding that the target is the family and church because that's where all of this whiteness is reproduced there is no there is no black justice that keeps white families as they understand themselves and the entitlements as they understand themselves because right now a lot of white grandparents think that all of their um ill-gotten gains should go to their grandkids and reparations are going to say like no some of your gains should go to black people <laughs> right same with like all of the contracts this contract this state contract has been in our family for for 20 years yeah but it should have always been held by a black com a company <laughs> like this contract should have never been yours right um like this contract like a lot of the this the our, this is a uh, this fan, this business is three is is three uh three generations old yeah because like your grandparents were in the clan and terrorized any you know black competition and that's how they secured the contract now you just have to reproduce it so yeah that's going to uh that's that's going to affect uh that that if you understand a family as like being able to pass all of that down then your understanding of family is going to have to change if black people are going to be made whole because it's inconsistent with black people having a fair share on a par with others of all of the uh contracts assets and jobs good jobs uh that are required and we'll find out that once white people have to work all of the same do the same work under the same degrading conditions like we'll just change jobs for everybody and and like that will be good for everybody right so thank you for your time once again if you support what i'm doing go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com kick in 515 or 50 dollars a month because i doubt you will see me on cnn or msnbc but i'm right and uh we haven't done this yet people say like well we've been tried this for for generations no we haven't actually tried real anti-racism which means talking honestly about how the problem is the white family and the white church and going after those through shared institutions including public schools right so like that is what real anti-racism looks like um we haven't done it right so thank you for telling um for for coming and i'll see you tomorrow talking about something slightly different peace